Exacto. Ladies and gentlemen, we are tonight. We are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. And Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? Look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for... The Rundown. It is the main event of your wrestling week. It is the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, episode 352. And if you cannot tell by the complete lack of, well, by my voice first off, and the complete lack of masturbatory sounds, Troy is not with us this week. Uh, he is, in fact, on assignment and will hopefully be back with us next week. I don't really know what he's, every time somebody's gone on WWE, they say they're on fucking assignment. So I don't know what the hell Troy's doing, but he's not here. So I'm just saying he's on assignment. So fucking deal with it. But I am not flying solo this week, as I have a very special guest, once again, triumphantly returning to the show which he created and then threw in the toilet like a pregnant mom, teen mom on prom night. Please welcome Adam back to the rundown. Adam, what's going on? I'm going to guess that Troy's assignment somehow involves the ESPN magazine or Sports Illustrated, the body issue. That's my oh, guess. It's, it's entirely uh, possible. And, and that gif of Charlotte doing a moonsault. It could be. Uh, hopefully <laughs> it involves uh, Glow Stick episode 10 because you know, the new season's <laughs> coming up and Although he did drop <laughs> On Friday, number nine. apparently, according to, according to SmackDown. So. Yes, and uh, I encourage you all, if you have not checked out the most recent episodes of Glow Shtick, uh, go check them out. Troy's doing a hell of a job with that series, and uh, hopefully wrapping up that first season uh, next week, I believe, and then we'll be on to season two. So looking forward to that. Uh, it's it's a little bit, a lot of recap of the show, but when Troy puts his, his personal spin on things, you don't want to miss it. So I guarantee you, you will be entertained. There but, are... There are there are certain sound effects that you will <laughs> that you will not be able to avoid and not be able to get out of your head. Wait, sound effects? I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was just the live recording. Gross. I mean, it's not. I I heard it. Probably was it not six, not seven, not eight times, <laughs> not, not nine times. Yeah. In I, fact, I, you could even say it was the perfect ten. A tan! A fucking tan! All right. Leading off our perfect 10 this week. And this is only leading off our perfect 10 because Adam is my co-host. Based on what we saw on Monday Night Raw, is Mojo Rawley about to be a thing? For those of you who didn't <laughs> see the show, for the second week in a row, Mojo not only had a spot on the show, he had microphone time, he cut a promo, sort of scathing on one of the uh, conga line members. Uh, Please. Please. They're called hose buds. <laughs> laid out uh, No Way Jose with one punch and then left. And I got to tell you, Adam, I didn't hate this. 
I thought Mojo is sort of embracing this heel character. He's really sort of turned up to another level, especially with his promos. Okay. If if Mojo Raleigh is going to be a thing, and it involves him not actually wrestling in any matches, <laughs> I might be okay with that. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was uh, an interesting uh, promo. I mean, I've said it since he debuted on NXT. I, I really don't think that this No Way Jose character is, is really cut out for the main roster. And so I think it's just Mojo... I, I hate that I agree with him, but um, yeah, I thought I I, enjoy, I did enjoy the again as I told you in the in text message form. I did have to go back and read a raw recap to remember what Mojo Raleigh did on Raw because I just blank out anything that involves him. But uh, thinking back, I do I, I do think that cutting the promo on the ro- on the uh, the rosebud the the conga line member dressed as a cheeseburger was a was a pretty good spot. What's your name? <laughs> Todd, it wasn't. It wasn't horrible. And, and poor Todd. I mean, Mojo just completely <laughs> dashed those dreams he had of becoming a WWE superstar one day. Because I'm sure, looking at Todd, he's put in yes. hours of training to oh, get yeah. ready for that role. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're talking. We're talking Mark Sherman dressed like French fries here. Uh, for those of you who don't know Mark Sherman, go look it up. Wasn't he a hot dog? Maybe it was I, a I hot dog. I think it was a hot dog. Some sort of fast food item, anyways. Something like that. Anyway, moving along in our perfect 10. A uh, couple of advertised matches on SmackDown this week sort of ghosted on us. Yeah. Uh, we had been told we would see Nakamura versus Jeff Hardy for the United States title. More on that in a second. But another thing that had been advertised was Peyton Royce one-on-one with Becky Lynch. Uh, Becky ended up working at the show, but she faced um, uh, Sonya Deville. And uh, the Iconics nowhere to be seen on the show. Yeah. Interesting. At least least they gave us the briefest of explanations as to why Nakamura wasn't there. We got nothing on where the Iconics were. Well, they gave us the fact that Nakamura was injured. But in reality, since then, the story has broke about the injury. It turns out that at Monday's house show... The police were there doing a random screening for security purposes uh, with a bomb-sniffing dog who stopped, sniffed Nakamura, and for no reason, completely unprovoked, bit Nakamura. Yeah. I had no idea what's going on there or why, you know. I mean, I'm sure if Troy was here, he would have an inappropriate joke about Asian people and dogs, but I'm not going to make mm-hmm. that joke. So... Um, <laughs> Well, yes, that was definitely weird. I'm not, I'm not sure what happened there. But anyway, Nakamura apparently going to be fine. It was just precautionary keeping him out. Uh, as far as the Iconics, this sort of continues this weird trend that, that they've had with them since they came up. Um, and, and we've sort of seen it. We'll talk about it a little bit in, in a minute. I'm going to work it in, even though it's not on the perfect 10. Um, but these two come up. They win their debut tag match by beating Becky Lynch and Asuka. Um, and then they've lost ever since. Haven't won a match since. Yeah. Um, cut great promos, but a lot of weeks they're not on the show. Uh, when they are, they're sort of treated as an afterthought. And mm-hmm. now they're having advertised matches pulled from the show for no apparent reason and being replaced by people who, as much as I love Sonya Deville and her gear, which I'm sure you're going to touch on, um, not, <laughs> not, quite, not quite the same workers that uh, the yeah. Iconics are, at least as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, I, the, the whole you, use of the Iconics is very weird to me so far. Yeah, I mean, you guys touched on it last week with Sal. 
uh exactly like you said they won they won that tag team match when they came up and that's it they've done and it's it it is and we'll touch on it in the main event i'm sure they are on your list they are certainly on mine we'll get to that in a minute but they are it's it's almost criminal how underutilized they are uh on the main roster. Like you said, they are fantastic on the mic and they should be doing fantastic things in the ring and they're not. And it's, 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 it's a, it's a really, really bad shame that that is, that that is not happening. And if you look at the landscape of the women's divisions across both brands, it's not like we're, we're really hardcore into the, you got to be a great worker era with this quote unquote revolution because on raw, your champion is somebody who's, a very attractive girl who's very good on the microphone and in the ring is okay. Uh, on SmackDown, your champion, very attractive girl, very good on the microphone. As far as a worker, meh. it would seem that the Iconics sort of fit the bill. In fact, I would say they may in fact be better workers than Alexa and Carmella, but and, and certainly equals on the microphone, but yet they can't even get a sniff of it. Yeah, we do. We we just haven't had a chance to see that. Yeah, very very weird. Um, of course, Nakamura not being there led us to an open challenge, which was answered by Eric Young. Uh, quickly, that turned into a six man tag with Eric Young and the rest of Sanity taking on Jeff Hardy and his partners, the Usos. Uh, and of course, because they came up from NXT uh, in their first official match, Sanity <sighs> takes the pinfall. Um, yeah. Not surprising here, I guess, but the the thing I think if you want to keep track going forward, I, I think of this group, Alexander Wolf is going to be the guy to eat a lot of these pens. <laughs> yeah. Well there's, that, well, there's that video that's been going around of Fabian Eichner and Killian Dane and Ricochet with the, the lion. I am still 98% convinced that that is a gimmicked rope and it doesn't move in either direction, but what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, Killian's that I have big. No idea what they, you're referring to right now. <laughs> you guys, they touched on it on. Actually, they touched on it on the uh, WPAN this week. The with the with them talking about the passing of Vader. The uh, you know the big guys you know, in the business, and this uh, this being kind of the generation of the big guys who can move. And I think Killian Dane definitely falls into that category. Eric yeah. Young is Eric Young. He's you know been around forever. He is the veteran of the group. Obviously, he's the leader of the group. Um, so yeah, I think if somebody's going to take a loss in that group, it's going to be Alexander Wolf right now. But I don't think I, I really don't think they should have lost this match. No, I don't think there was any reason to. I mean, what's the damage in the Usos taking a pin here at this point? Right, right, um, right. It's not like they're at the top of the tra- tag team card right now. It's not like they can't afford to eat a pin. Um, even Jeff Hardy. I mean, you can make a case for Jeff Hardy to take the pin on there. There was just zero reason for the, this. Does nothing except tell me that this new team that you tried to get over as dangerous and scary last week is just beatable. First time out, they lose, and this is a right. recurring trend. And we'll talk about some of that in our main event coming up. Uh, we had a lot of things on display this week, including bad teeth and good wrestling, and that can mean <laughs> only one thing: it was time for the WWE's United Kingdom special. Uh, Adam, I did catch both nights of this. I don't know if you did. Um, yep. Yep. Okay, good. So we can talk about both ends of this. If you haven't watched it and you don't want to hear about it, well, fuck you. You're listening to the wrong show. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, the first night was centered more around the sort of, uh, tournament part to see who would face Pete Dunne on night two. Um, right. There were some other matches. The second night was really, 
I was going to say the second night was really the premier episode of NXT UK, but <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the brand brands. Was it uh brands strive for supremacy or whatever? What shitty tagline was this UK NXT versus WWE NXT. Um, yeah, the first Something night like was, was, was good. It was a little harder. I think for most fans to get into, because a lot of people you don't know, you're not familiar with. Um, there was some really great in-ring work. Uh, I was a fan oh, yeah. of Jordan Devlin going back to last year's UK tournament. I was su- sort of surprised we haven't mm-hmm. seen more of him, uh, unless it's just because he bears such a striking resemblance to Finn Balor. They don't want people to get confused. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, there was some really interesting matches. What were some of your highlights from uh, night one? Oh, God. the uh, That... Um I'm completely blanking on his name right now because again, it's a it's a new guy who was introduced during the this promo. But the guy, the New Zealand guy, uh, what they the call him, Kiwi, Kiwi Flash, Buzzsaw. That's what it is. That uh, that guy's fucking amazing. Um, yes. But yeah, I I my my main thought on this was how well they set it up over the past year, having these guys appear on NXT and you know having them interact, having UK title matches on NXT and all that, so that when this year's tournament came around it wasn't who the hell are these why should i care about flash morgan webster who the fuck is that (laughs) isn't isn't that the chick from g4 um and so i really think you know having them on the regular nxt programming really is going to help you know cement that brand and give that brand a good footing going forward so that they can really make a name for themselves um but yeah, as always, I think the action during the tournament was was absolutely fantastic. I thought the action on night two was fantastic. They gave us that awesome tag we'll match. Get, we'll get to night two had, in a no, second. No. Don't jump ahead. Okay. Don't jump ahead on All me. Right. Uh, because right. night one, I, I want to correct you on two. Well, not correct you, but I want to add two points. I do want to correct you. Uh, you are incorrect on the best match of the night. The best match of the night was the six-man tag between Undisputed Era and British Strong Style. Uh, that was a match I've been well, waiting for yeah. for a long time. They sort of hinted at it on NXT television. Anything... Anything Pete Dunn is in is going to be a strong contender for match of the night. Yeah, and Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, um, baby. Yes. So uh, that was the first thing I wanted to correct you on. But uh, as far as the, more, the more, guy, more on him on night two, the guy you brought up, Flash Morgan Webster. For those of you who have seen the movie The Replacements with Keanu Reeves, he reminds me of the kicker in that movie. The guy from Wales. Go back and watch it if you haven't seen it. But that's what—that's all I could think of when I watched Flash Morgan Webster and the phrase, I'm wiry. But anyway, if you haven't seen that movie, you won't get the reference. But if you have, go check it out. It's a chuckle-worthy football movie. Anyway, that brings us to night two. And that's, to me, where the action really sort of clicked up to another level. Uh, so one of my favorite moments on night two is the match between Tony Storm and Shayna Baszler. Uh, I've been a big fan of both of these ladies, but particularly Tony Storm since the Mae Young Classic. I was really disappointed she wasn't one of the people that we saw more frequently after that. Uh, but to see her in this setting, in this big match situation against somebody who the WWE has done a great job of sort of portraying as this you know, badass female performer, uh, I thought she did a great job in this match. I thought this match actually, despite sort of what you might call a, a fuck finish, I thought it was actually pretty good because they told a story where Tony Storm never gave up. Uh, she was in the Carafuda clutch. She fought her way to the ropes against all odds. Rolls to the outside like the smart move you would think. Shayna Baszler rolls out with her, puts her back in the hold on the floor, squeezes for as long as she can, gets back in the ring, and then watches as Tony Storm gets counted out. It was beautiful to me in its simplicity because it was a chicken shit heel strategy. It was something you don't see very often. It was I loved it. 
Yeah, I thought the 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 contendership match on night one for the women was was really good and really kind of showcased those three. And then, yeah, the Tony Tony versus Baszler match on night two was was fantastic as well. I like that uh, they kind of set up the the second event with all the stuff that they did in the first event. The first, you know, the tournament was for the shot the next night. That that contendership match was the next night. You had that six man on night one that led into the the NXT tag title match on night two. Uh, they really made, you know, both of these shows, you know, flow together really well and feel like one, one big event. And I thought that, uh, that they did a real good job of that. Um, but yeah, that speaking of the tag, the tag title match, uh, on, uh, on night two, we did see our friends, mustache mountain, Tyler Bate and Trent seven, uh, take the NXT tag team titles from, the Undisputed Era. Uh, of course, that has since uh, changed again. Spoilers! But, uh, <laughs> but uh, definitely getting that, uh, getting that hometown pop there. And, uh, and again, I, another unsurprisingly great match between those two teams. Um, you had your North American title match, which was, again, fantastic. So I, think any, I, don't, think, I don't think the, the Undisputed Era can do any wrong at this point. So I feel like I'm back on Nitro Mania where you just talk about every match and don't give me a chance to weigh in on anything. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, another great show on the Rundown feed, which I encourage you to check out if and when Adam releases another episode. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I got to bust his balls on that. Anyway, I might have done one tonight, but apparently I'm going to have to put this together. So. Yeah, yeah, your internet connection keeps dropping. You're in charge of editing. Uh, anyway, that's the rule around here. I'll edit as long as it doesn't involve 17 cuts for internet <laughs> connection drops. Then the offending party is responsible. Anyway, uh, the the issue with uh, the the other the night two of the UK thing was, um, I, I I guess I, I for me for the UK fans it probably meant a lot that Zach Gibson got that shot against uh, Pete Dunne. And it was a great way to sort of introduce Gibson. But I think for a lot of people, it was sort of like, well, I don't know Gibson and I know Pete Dunne. And right. I assume Pete Dunne's going to win. So right. I think it sort of took a little bit of the... I, I don't know how you address that except to put somebody in there who people know, but he's pretty much worked all the people he knows. Um, that, that we, I mean, we could have obviously gone back to you know, um, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn, but I think we, we need to stop going to that. Well, so the, on the plus side, I guess they took a new guy and made him a star in the, in the eyes of the fans. And that's a good thing. Um, yeah, the tag and, team yeah, match he was, was definitely great. over with that crowd. I mean, Absolutely. they definitely had, you know, the, what, the Liverpool, whatever his nickname was, they were totally behind him. So Liverpool's number as, one, I believe. Yeah. As the, as the bad guy, they were totally, you know, on the right side there. So they, like you said, they knew who he was. It's just that, that we, I really had no idea. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely uh, it, it was eye opening though because Zach Gibson. I, I've heard the name, I've I've seen bits and pieces, but I've never really watched him uh, in long form the way I did in this tournament. And I, was, I came away very impressed with his work. Yeah, uh, the, the tag team match was interesting. I thought it was great. Uh, the work is always great. Like you said, you put these guys in a ring together, it doesn't matter. It's going to be fucking awesome. Um, the one thing that kept rolling through my mind, and we've had this conversation in the past before. I always get a little creeped out when dudes wrestle in trunks with no knee pads because it's just <laughs> sort of like dudes in their underwear. I don't know why the knee pads make a difference for me, but they do visually. Um, <laughs> but watching Trent Seven out there in those trunks reminded me just of somebody's creepy uncle who sits by the pool in his Speedos in the summer drinking a beer and nobody <laughs> wants to talk to him because he's 
weird and gross. Uh, that's sort of what yeah. Trent Seven reminds me of. Like, <laughs> he needs to reconsider his gear, especially if he's going to be standing next to Tyler Bate, who's in phenomenal shape. It's just, it's not a great look. Um, I did love the fact that before, uh, when when uh, Trent Seven got, uh, which one was it? Roddy Strong? I think it was. No, um, Kyle O'Reilly got him up in the burning hammer position. As Bate was going to the top, the crowd instantly rose to their feet, clearly knowing these two guys and knowing that that's their finish that was coming up. Uh, I thought that was great. Uh, the moment, obviously, was, was outstanding. Just that, that moment for that crowd. Uh, tremendous. Uh, mm-hmm. Adam Cole's match with Wolfgang, what I, I found interesting, in that Wolfgang you would consider to be sort of the hometown guy. He's the you know, UK representative in this match. Right, and right. the crowd wanted fucking nothing to do with this guy. <laughs> they were all in on Adam Cole, baby. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that. The, I enjoyed that after the match, he, you know, he does his little celebration and they chant one more time, one more time. So he does it again. So they can, they can yell baby one more time for him. Ah, no, see that's, I had a fucking problem with that. You didn't like that? Because, because to me, you get them to go one more time. You do the build-up. You get them all to stand up, and then you go, nah, and you walk away. You're a fucking heel. <laughs> You're a fucking heel. you got to own that heel shit right there. That would have been right. beautiful. But all, right. all, all, all in all, uh, great great sort of debut, quote in, in air quotes, if you will, for the uh, NXT UK brand. I uh, look forward to seeing what happens. Interesting note that I don't know if it got picked up on. I guess in the live show, the woman's qual- I think it was the woman's qualifier that was a three-way uh, triple threat mm-hmm. uh, was actually a fatal four-way, and one of the women got hurt in the very beginning, got concussed, I think, uh, and had to be removed from oh, the no. match, so they restarted it as a triple threat. So if you go back, the ring announcer actually says it's a fatal four-way, and then we go to the triple threat, which is just <laughs> a little thing, to, Easter egg to go back and check out. Um, interesting. Yeah. Speaking of interesting things, also, go I was going to say one last note on that. I, I, uh, sorry to completely kill your segue there. I was very happy to see Noam Dar come back. Yes. Uh, and make his return in that, uh, in that surprise, actual fatal four way for, <laughs> for the number one contendership to the UK title. Uh, he's been gone forever. I don't think it doesn't look like he's missed a step. Uh, and I thought that, uh, he performed beautifully as well. Well, speaking of multi-person match fuckery, I'm going to get a segment out of this anyway. There you go. We found out on Monday Night Raw that the scheduled multi-person, never defined how many people, multi-person match at Extreme Rules for the number one contender spot to Brock Lesnar's championship. Yeah, shit just ain't going to happen. Brock's Brock's decided he's not going to defend the title at SummerSlam against whoever wins. (sighs) Because that's a thing he's allowed to do. This is the most fucking idiotic, convoluted championship reign I've ever seen. But we'll get into that as we discuss this. Uh, (laughs) What we did get out of this, I thought at least, was a really good promo battle between Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns. Uh, Mm -hmm. It felt legitimate. It felt like two, you know, alpha males trying to sort of kick each other in the dick a little bit verbally. Um, (laughs) I I thought it was great. I I love the way Roman keeps needling him by calling him Bob. Uh, And he said something like My favorite line, of course, and I think a lot of people have, uh, when he talks about, you know, walking away and remembering, yeah, that's what you did 10 years ago. And, you know, he said, oh, well, yeah, how'd that MMA career work out? You really made an impact. Subtle, Roman. Very subtle. But I actually enjoyed it. Uh, What I was waiting for was Bobby Lashley to go, hey, pretty fucking good in MMA. I got a pretty goddamn good record, you asshole. How's your MMA record? (laughs) Uh, None of that, of course. 
Uh, it then led us to a match, a rematch, if you will, between tag team specialist Bobby Lashley uh, and Roman Reigns <laughs> and The Revival. Because, yes, Bobby Lashley, I think he's been in one singles match since he's been back, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and the, it's all the, the one against Sami Zayn. The one against Sami Zayn. Yeah, I think that might have been it. Uh, anyway, he, they, they teamed up to face The Revival, and <laughs> The Revival beat them by pinfall. It was Dash yep. Wilder pinned Roman Reigns on Raw yep. in 2018. That's a thing that happened. Um, <laughs> one of the gifts going around the internet, if you, if you want to search it out, apparently during the match they did a close-up on Bobby Lashley, and the Nike logo on his headband was showing. So the referee stops asking during a submission hold, gets up, goes and talks to Lashley, and Lashley flips the headband over so that the <laughs> Nike logo is reversed. Because priorities... Goddamn, pal. Ugh. But in any event, uh, what did you think of this segment and this match? Um, yeah. Do <laughs> if if this multi-man thing is not happening at Extreme Rules, uh, given the the argument that you and Troy and Sal had last week on the show, uh, does that mean that the Seth Rollins losing the Intercontinental Championship was all for naught? No, because I've got a new spin on that. <laughs> um yeah no i thought the i thought the promo was great i liked like you said just <laughs> i enjoy your phraseology of the two alpha males just kicking each other in the dick um but uh bobby saying you know telling telling uh, roman sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry i'm sorry it's bob sorry bob <laughs> telling roman that uh, you know you've had 18 months and you haven't done shit uh maybe he just doesn't show up because he doesn't have a real contender uh, yeah, I thought the I thought the whole thing was great. My my only issue with it is yes, the revival got the victory, but is it really going? Is this really going to matter at all for the revival if if this whole thing is just about the fact that Roman and Bob hate each other and this really has nothing to do with the tag match itself? Well, it depends. They could parlay it into an angle where the revival run around bragging that they beat Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley. They could do that. But as we saw on SmackDown, and we'll get to later, it doesn't really fucking matter if you're a team to actually get a tag team title shot. So, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, because uh, the B team already have the tag title shot at Extreme Rules. So. Yeah, apparently they didn't uh, consult the SmackDown top ten. I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I know you have a thought or two on this, so let's uh, open up the floor to you on this particular one because we touched on it at the beginning of this topic. Uh, Brock Lesnar, the whole thing with canceling the multi-person match and, and, and Brock Lesnar not wanting to fight the winner at SummerSlam angle, what's your take? Uh, I, my, my disdain for Brock Lesnar at this point is, is well known on this show. Um, I, uh, uh, if, if this was the plan for this story, from the start i don't know what they're thinking they're accomplishing here of just making the biggest title on raw look like a fucking chump um if it's not if this is like uh, an actual thing that's happening and there are some con contractual issues between brock lesnar and the wwe and they have to you know they're scrambling at this point uh and they want to do the money in the bank cash in at a ufc press conference might not be a bad idea. Um, yeah, I, uh, I am, I am well past over Brock Lesnar as Universal Champion. Ugh. I, I saw the greatest thing this weekend. I was like, uh, "Look what Brock Lesnar found in his couch cushions!" And it was a picture of the Universal title under some couch cushions. And that was great. <laughs> um, 
No, actually, if I'm booking this shit, what I do is wait for Brock Lesnar to fight John Jones at a UFC show, then have fucking Braun Strowman come in after the fight, <laughs> get in the octagon, fucking cash in his money in the bank opportunity. That's, that's <laughs> absolutely the way to go for that. But uh, no, I, this is clearly some sort of a storyline. I, I, I don't understand what the logic is. I, you're going to announce yeah. that this is a multi-person match featuring Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns. And then say because of the competition, Brock Lesnar doesn't agree to fight the winner. And then we're going to yeah, probably end up with a singles match between the two at Extreme Rules where Brock Lesnar fights the winner. Yeah. Yeah, Brock, Brock, Brock Lesnar doesn't want to fight the winner of this multi-man match because there isn't enough competition and they've named they've named two, they've hinted at two more, and they haven't even told us how many fucking people were going to be in the thing in the first place. Well, we knew it's, Seth Rollins was going to be in there. It's it's uh, it's a bit of a shit show. Yeah, it's it's fucking ridiculous. But anyway, speaking of Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins, they had a great match on Monday Night oh, Raw. Yeah. I thought uh, it just had a really bad finish. Um, yeah. So th- they had their Intercontinental Championship rematch, and if you haven't seen the match, if you're a fan of work rate, go check this match out because these two guys. Say what we want about the character work of Ziggler and my personal dislike for for Rollins in the past. Rollins is 100% at the top of his game. I don't know if it just took him a year to get back, all the way back from his knee injury, but he's absolutely the best I've ever seen him in the WWE right now. Um, and his work with Ziggler in this match was top-notch. And then we get to the end, and it's just another fuck finish. And yeah. So, like... I don't, I, ultimately, the takeaway for me from this is that we're either building to a shield-ish versus... Ziggler and McIntyre, but I mean, how many fucking programs are we going to put Roman Reigns in at one time? I mean, he's already yeah. doing an angle right. with, with Bobby Lashley, and now we're going to put him in there in, in this thing. And, and I got to tell you, watching this, this face-off between Bo- uh, not Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre and um, uh, Roman Reigns, I was into it. Mm-hmm. I'd totally be into that program if that's what we end up getting. Uh, but I, I just think they need to. I, when when the whole beat that two on one beatdown started, I was sort of assuming we were going to see the the return of, of Dean Ambrose here because that would have been the spot to bring him back. I would have thought. Uh, instead, Roman comes out, and I'm just like, the fuck different feuds is this guy going to be in at one time? Right. I mean, what do we got? Two two or three weeks until. Money in the Bank at this point? Is it the 22nd something or the like 15th? Uh, something like that. I don't know. I just yeah. assume there's a pay-per-view every weekend at this point. <laughs> so, obviously, uh, at some point in the next couple of weeks on Raw, we're going to have Roman and Seth versus uh, Ziggler and McIntyre, and, and Bob will come out and cost Roman that match. So, you know. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I would have had I would have had less of an issue with the fuck finish. The fuck finish was fine for what it was because it's sure. Dolph Ziggler. His partner is Drew McIntyre. I would have had less of an issue with that with that as the finish if they hadn't given us like thirty fucking minutes of an amazing fucking match before that. Yeah, exactly. That was, and you saw when you saw what time the match started, you knew you were in for something cool. Yeah, um, and, and then just to, it sort of was like, hey, here's this great great piece of cake. But you can only have one bite of it. There's no finish to I, it. I'm going to get you to the vinegar strokes, and then I'm going to leave. <laughs> that was the, okay. Well, I mean, once you, <laughs> once you get there, it's really you're done, right? I mean, you know, that's. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. It's and it was they and I feel like there were there was a better way they could have done that too, other than oh, Drew McIntyre grabs the referee and gets to, and gets disqualified. 
if Ugh. that's if that's where you want to go. But whatever. Yeah. Just awful. But uh, as you touched on vinegar strokes, I imagine that <laughs> is what Vince McMahon had as he announced the new television deals for Raw and SmackDown. And I got to tell you, I found the, the item I found most interesting in these press releases was where they referred to SmackDown as the flagship show of WWE. Yeah. Uh, we've a lot had of people this discussion. picked up on that. Yeah, we've had this discussion a lot about how Raw is treated as the flagship show and, and SmackDown sort of the ugly stepchild. We hypothesized at the time these, these deals sort of were made public, or at least rumored, that with SmackDown going to Fox to broadcast network television, that might become the flagship show and the, main, the big deal. And it sounds like WWE is confirming that with this press release. Yeah, certainly possible. And <laughs> that goddamn headline on that press release that completely confused me and Anyway, uh, yeah, Fox Sports, except it's not Fox Sports. That's the company, the Fox. Anyway, yeah. Um, For those who are, who are confused, as Adam was, as not an avid sports watcher, <laughs> uh, Fox Sports is simply sports programming on the Fox network. Uh, FS1 is their ESPN competitor sports-only yeah. network. So yeah. when they say it will air on Fox Sports, it's going to be on Fox proper it's just a Fox Sports event. Yeah. Interesting that they're yes. not in, classifying it as Fox Sports Entertainment. Yeah. In my, in my defense, back when Impact uh, was still TNA and it was on Fox Sports, it was called oh, Fox oh, Sports. Oh, Net. Impact is still fucking TNA. Please, well, you know I've watched I mean. that shit. <laughs> but back before, back when it was fucking just after the weekly pay-per-views. Anyway, um, yeah, flagship. Um, I think, yeah, we're... Like you said, we're heading in that direction because this is basic cable. This is basically every single household mm-hmm. that has a cable subscription is going to have access to Fox and, you know, the big, what would you call it? One of the big four, basically, yeah. of, of network television at this point. And so... Oh, I'd say they've it, probably surpassed several of those. They're, they're, they're in the top two, top three at this point. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, ABC, CBS, yeah, NBC, yeah. Fox. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, and I mean, we, you guys talked about it back when, when it happened. This is, a, this is a, a big fucking deal. This is a huge thing that this is going to be on, you know, basic network television every yeah. week for fucking a billion dollars, however fucking much it was. Yeah. But. So uh, keep your eye out for the 2019 Superstar Shake-Up post-WrestleMania because fucking everybody's going to SmackDown. <laughs> Just a guess. Yes. Uh, and but, and okay. returning to Fridays, but being live on Fridays. So yes. like, you guys, like you guys talked about a few weeks ago, <laughs> fuck podcasts. Uh, <laughs> there was a guy on one of the Facebook posts about this. There was a guy who was arguing that... Why is it still called Facebook? Why is it still called SmackDown Live if it's going to be on Fridays? And no matter how many people fucking told him that no, it's they're going to be it's going to happen on Friday and air live. He's like, no, because it's on Tuesdays. They do SmackDown on Tuesdays because apparently you can't change the fucking day that a thing happens ever. Apparently, that guy's anyway, not an impact because that show has switched fucking <laughs> days. The interesting it just thing made and, me and, laugh how fucking <laughs> stubborn he was. No references yet to the rumored notion of uh, FS1 carrying a version of NXT uh, on broadcast television, which is another yeah. sort of interesting thought that's I, been circulating amongst people. I don't know how I feel about that, though, because I feel like NXT is the reason that most people have the WWE Network. 
And so if you're, if you're putting NXT in a place where people will have regular access to it, what is that going to do to the number of network subscribers? If now, if you want to watch a pay-per-view, you can just go over to your friend's house who has the network. Uh, yeah, no, I think with the, uh, the, the UK version of NXT, you might have the ability to keep that as sort of the network-only NXT special while then sort of graduating the original, the OG NXT, up to actual television, maybe where you could expand it to two hours, where I wouldn't go live okay. with it, but you expand it to two hours and you can get your characters on more frequently so you don't have to go like three yeah. weeks without seeing Aleister Black or you know, two weeks sure, without sure. pushing the Gargano Ciampa story. So I could see some definite yeah. benefits to doing that. Okay, that that and then and that does certainly does make more sense now that there is that second NXT brand. They can certainly work it that way, and I do think the best possible thing that could happen to NXT at this point would be for it to get a second hour, um, but and possibly different venues. But you know, but they still didn't even add. They didn't do. add a sixth match to the last takeover. They stuck to the five match limit and uh, didn't have an, Ale- an Adam Cole match on there. So they are they yeah, are sticklers but- for their formula. By the way, I'm I'm fairly certain in the beginning, you know, in the in the ramp up at the beginning of Takeover, one of the commentators, possibly Vic Joseph, uh, said all titles on the line, and yet there was no North American Championship match. And they had certainly been sort of building towards an Adam Cole Pete Dunne sort of showdown, but uh, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, maybe we, it's still to come. We'll see. We got we got that at the at the the UK event. Speaking of people yeah, with that's problems six, that's coming. Six-man tag. Uh, real one, aka Enzo Amore, was a guest on this week's edition of the Stone Cold Podcast, uh, or the We Blur Out All Your F Words Podcast. Uh, <laughs> and, and if one thing came out of this podcast, it was simply the fact that I totally understand why people don't like this guy. Uh, <laughs> he is very, how we say, confident in himself. Uh, Adam, I know you didn't get a chance yet to listen to it because you're still waiting on that Colt Cabana CM Punk podcast from seven years ago. Uh, <laughs> I'm almost on 2013, all right? Um, spo- getting there. Spoiler alert, uh, there, there is a lawsuit related to that podcast, so you might want to get to it soon <laughs> and uh, catch up on the news. Anyway, uh, yeah, so some of the highlights from this. Uh, claims he did not know there was a, a criminal case or an investigation against him. At the time, you know, we sort of speculated on why WWE might have fired him for not telling them that this was going on. He says he didn't know. He says, and again, this is Enzo's take on things, uh, that I believe it was like the girlfriend of his friend got an email from investigators saying they were looking into a wrestler having sex with a random person. Now, I'm not a cop. I'm certainly not a criminal science major or anything like that. I've never heard of police investigating a rape case saying, quick, find me the email address of the friend's (laughs) girlfriend. That's where we're going to blow this thing wide fucking open. Uh, So that was a little... Yes, the old old friend of a friend defense. Yeah, is anyway. Um, Other things he touched on, and we had talked about this at the time of Raw 25, how it seems sort of very disjointed. Uh, apparently, plans for Raw 25 centered a lot of that show around Enzo, uh, including the fact that he was supposed to be a part of the poker game that we that seemed very sort of non sequitur as we watched it throughout the show. The, it was going to be a running angle with Enzo throughout the show where he would lose the Cruiserweight title in the poker game to Ted DiBiase, 
only to have Nia Jax win it back for him later because, if you recall at the time, they were sort of doing a flirtation with Enzo right. and Nia. Also, the storyline was apparently supposed to end up with the fact that Enzo was hooking up with Alexa Bliss behind Nia's back, and that was what was going to lead to the rivalry between Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax that we saw sort of be thrown into the bully angle. Um, yeah, would have been would have been better than what we got on that same episode of Raw twenty five. Apparently, Enzo was supposed to have a match with Goldust, which was going to finish with the Dudley Boys coming out and putting Enzo through a table. So, all these things that we saw at Raw twenty five that we sort of went like that this is fucking disjointed. Doesn't make sense. It seems like yeah. a lot of it was that Enzo was sort of the linchpin, and that whole show had to be rewritten when they sent him home. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I had heard that note about about Enzo and the Dudley Boys. I hadn't heard any of the rest of them. So, um, and certainly it, it sort of puts in new light the, the Nia Jax Alexa Bliss program and why that yeah. ended up coming out like it did. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Hot garbage. Uh, anyway, I, I think it definitely would have been better the way it was apparently planned to be done. Uh, oh, that's absolutely. Says he was told that night he wore, he wore a shirt to the show that said, Today is the best day of my life. And on the back it said, I can't wait for tomorrow, <laughs> which was probably a poor choice. Um, so he got ironic. <laughs> said he got called to Vince McMahon's office. They told him they have to suspend him. His take was, "You know, I'm a good person, and I don't deserve this." Uh, and Vince simply responding with, "Well, you should have told us." So, uh, and then told he was suspended. He may or may not be on be needed in for SmackDown the next day. Uh, drove to from Brooklyn to Delaware to his sister's house. Uh, apparently cutting a promo into his iPhone on video the whole way says he's still got that footage uh, just sort of ranting and he, he'll do something with it at some point, uh, which, you know, will sort of be interesting to see, uh, I would imagine. He's going to turn it into a song. He very well might. Uh, said that he had, a mu- <laughs> had a CD deal lined up to work with Vince and Kevin Dunn to put out his CD uh, and that it was going to be the greatest Ooh. CD in music history. He still believes he will be the biggest thing in rap music ever. Because, right, listen, I can, I can put up with a lot of bullshit. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> I can sit here legitimately 100% certain say that will never happen. Um, also, <laughs> also claims that immediately after being fired the next day, after being told they weren't sure if they were going to need him and he was suspended, he got a call the next day saying he was fired. Um, but at least it wasn't his wedding day. Um, <laughs> he talked about uh, his... Oh, sorry. He said uh, he got the call the next. <laughs> they g- they gave him they gave him a Z pack and said good luck. Yes, exactly. Uh, they they did a close up of the cameras on his butt to see if there was a bump. I um, <laughs> uh, talked a little bit about his relationship with Liv Morgan. That they he, she's still living with his best friend or something like that. Uh, that they broke up. Blah blah blah. No no sort of details as to why uh, they broke up. But he did mention that they he talked about them as a couple. Um, I'm trying to think there was something else interesting or at least newsworthy out of that segment, but I don't remember. So, so far, just, you know, as an outside observer, what's your take on what I just told you about Enzo's take on what happened? Yeah. Based on, based on other things that I have heard about him, I'm not surprised at the self-confidence that he, that he has. Um, but uh yeah some of those uh some of those things don't uh, don't jive with me specifically the uh the investigation i mean he very well may not have known about the uh about the investigation and whatnot but i don't believe 
like you said, the friend, the sister of the friend of the friend of the friend of the sister of the friend. Um, yeah, I, again, I, I like we briefly mentioned, I think Raw 25 and the uh, ensuing couple of months certainly would have been uh, at least a little better had this not happened. Um, uh, Ironically, the, would have the, been a little better with more Enzo. <laughs> the yeah like because i mean we complained uh, vehemently on the show about the god-awful bullying angle cryojacks etc especially given that mickey james was the victim of the very same thing but uh 10 15 years ago at this point um yeah so i mean it's it's it, it's certainly a, a terrible situation and i hate that uh, I, I i hate for that to happen to anybody uh you know especially where you know he he was not uh, was not convicted, and you know did find that there was no. Uh, I don't remember the exact wording, but basically that it may not have actually taken place. Not enough evidence um, to warrant an investigation. Uh, I think was the right. And so I mean, it it sucks when anybody loses their job, unless it's big cast. Um, and so, <laughs> or Mojo. And or <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you know that that they got kind of. Everything got thrown up in the air, and uh, and the the pieces fell where they may, and they fell in a lot shittier directions than they would have been had he not uh, been suspended. But uh, uh, I have not listened to the to the rap songs. I have no plans on listening to the to the rap songs. Well, you're gonna have and, no choice um, pretty soon because he's gonna be the biggest thing uh, in rap music. So you're gonna hear him everywhere. Uh, apparently, I mean, I don't listen to the radio, so I think I'm safe. But well, you don't uh, listen to podcasts. You don't listen to the radio. To what the fuck on. do you listen to? No, I do listen to podcasts. I'm just I'm four and a half years behind. Right, let me let you in a little secret. See, after it sits there on my on my <laughs> list for about two weeks, I go fuck it. If I haven't listened to it by now, I'm not, and I delete it. <laughs> That's how I caught up on Nitromania. Uh, just kidding. As we move <laughs> on, and speaking of things that finally got deleted, the friendship between Bailey and Sasha Banks appears to be over. Finally, mercifully, thank you, Lord. We're moving somewhere in this program. Uh, so for those of you who didn't catch it, once again, we continue to Kurt Angle, for some reason, continue to try to force these girls to be friends after their brawl last week, uh, putting them in a six-woman <laughs> tag match against the Riot Squad, who are edgy because they break cameras and shit. Um, and, yeah. and this ended up with the Riot Squad getting the win. And, and there wasn't dissension so much during the match, not like Sasha accidentally hitting Bailey or anything like that. Bailey just gets in the ring after the match and fucking starts wailing on Sasha. Uh, she does the heel turn and gets the loudest cheer she's gotten in over a year. And this is why we keep talking about, or at least I keep talking about on this show, they're not going to turn Cena, they're not going to turn Roman, because the fucking second they do it, you assholes will cheer for them, and it defeats the whole purpose. <laughs> right now, you're booing them anyway, so it doesn't matter. If you like them to be a heel, they're a heel. If you want to be a face, they're a face. They are what to you, whatever they are, but for storyline purposes, they're able to get it over because there's enough cheering. Um, anyway, as it relates to this situation... Uh, Bailey doing a great job of just coming off like the, she snapped and beating the shit out of Sasha, just destroying her. And then little girls around the world, mouths dropped in shock, hear Bailey utter the phrase, you ain't shit, Sasha. <laughs> and I have to wonder, because this time Kurt Angle wasn't out there to cut off the word shit, right. uh, as he did for Roman <laughs> earlier in the night. Uh, I have to wonder if that was planned or if Bailey just got really into this thing. But whatever it was, it fucking worked. It's already spawning gimmick T-shirts on the internet. <laughs> uh, I got to tell you, 
I the only the only fucking problem I have with this segment because I thought this was great. Aside from the fans cheering, the only fucking problem I had with this segment was Bailey does this savage fucking beatdown and walks out with like that fucking music didn't fit what just happened. It was it was sort of awkward. But I'm excited and intrigued about the possibility. Although then we get to the back and Kurt Angle tells us Bailey has to go to counseling. So all I can envision now is a. Dr. Shelby style Sasha and Bailey couples counseling session, which will take any realism or any enjoyment out of this segment and flush it right down the fucking toilet. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to, we'll get to Dr. Shelby in a second. Um, again, like I said in the host thread, I'm not still, I'm still not a hundred percent sure that this was actually going to be a heel turn for Bailey. Uh, I, I saw this more as, uh, you know, Bailey is sick of Sasha's shit but that doesn't necessarily make her the bad guy. Um, and but so Sasha they, they, didn't do they, anything uh, in this I, match. That's what I said. Hmm? I said Sasha didn't do anything in this match, which is sort of the thing I found interesting. Typically in a seg- segment like that, you would see a thing where, you know, the, the Owen Hart, Bret Hart thing, where Bret accidentally knocks Owen off the apron right. or something yeah. like that. There was nothing like that. It was just the match ended, and then Bailey fucking snapped and just yeah. started wailing on her. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. Obviously, the counseling thing is the dumbest fucking thing, and I don't know why they still insist on doing this. Uh, I mean, it's not like they're they're gonna form a tag team and win the tag team titles because uh, that would be stupid, right? <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm willing to give it a shot. Uh, I, I'm intrigued by it, but. Uh, if 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 the riot squad is not in this counseling thing, then Kurt Angle really needs to get a check on who he sends to counseling and who he doesn't. Well, uh, that will do it for that segment. I'm I'm curious to see where we go, but for a second I was optimistic, and then that Kurt Angle thing just sort of killed all my optimism. But that leads us to SmackDown as we talk about killing optimism. Uh, we had such high hopes and great thoughts for Daniel Bryan's return to the ring and all these great matches we could have. And I know that high atop your list of great matches you wanted to see from Daniel Bryan was a reunion of Team Hell No oh, taking yeah. on the Bludgeon Brothers. Oh, yeah. You, you, you read my fucking mind. Uh, they... <laughs> Not only did <laughs> not only did did, did, they, did they reunite this fucking team. Um, they, the way they did it on SmackDown drove me fucking crazy too. You know, and I get it that Daniel was going to need someone to to team with to 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 take on the Bludgeon Brothers because obviously he's not going to take on Rowan and Harper by himself. But Kane comes out. Kane comes out and saves him from getting the shit beat out of him by two guys with huge fucking hammers. And then Daniel Bryan looks at him like, the hell, man? I don't know if I can trust you, man. And then Kane offers the goddamn hug. (sighs) And the crowd went fucking crazy for it. Yay. But honest to God, this... 
Why is this happening? Why are they are they that hard up for tag teams on fucking SmackDown that they need to have fucking Team Hell No for the tag titles at Extreme Rules against the Bludgeon Brothers? I, I have no fucking clue. This match made no fucking sense to me right off the bat. Uh, it's clearly a placeholder to get us through Extreme Rules till we can start the SummerSlam program with The Miz and, and Daniel Bryan because that's the one everybody wants. Yeah. And they've sort of had The Miz dancing around this thing, like hyping up the Bludgeon Brothers, etc., offering them spots in The Miztourage. Now, I would be there for that. <laughs> I, I, Harper I, and that Roman, was pretty good. Yeah. Oh, The Miz TV if, segment if, that opened the show was great. Yes. Uh, I, loved, I loved everything about that. And if, if they ended up joining The Miztourage, I would be totally in on that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, Miz goes for the goofiness, and they just stare at him quietly, swinging their hammers or something. It'd be fucking great. <laughs> um, I just first off, Kane's election is coming up soon. You gotta have something better to fucking do. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, if you were voting in Knox County, is this the shit you want to see your future mayor doing? Like, it's it's cool to know that you used to be a wrestler. It's another thing to know that you're, you're, no. you're representing us in a public forum while still fucking putting on tights and a mask and fake hair and yeah. pretending to be a demon. But and I don't know. and red eyeliner. And apparently, apparently, Kane got got moved over to SmackDown in the Superstar Shakeup because uh, yes. the last the last time we saw him, he was facing and losing to John Cena on Raw right after WrestleMania. Yes, uh, and apparently, the, see, here's the problem with one of well, one of the problems with WWE. Uh, Vince <laughs> thinks that Kane is a star on like par with The Rock and Austin that we're all going to fucking you know, shit our pants when he comes back. <laughs> yeah. Most of us don't give a shit about Kane. Most of us never did. We cared more about the people he was feuding with, where it was Triple H or The Undertaker. He was sort of the guy that was there to be a monster for other people to beat. Um, he had that brief run where he went real badass heel. Uh, but other than that, he's never really that compelling. Um, this was just, uh, I, I don't fucking understand this. This is another one of those things that we're going to chalk up to, you know, I hope it's just for this pay-per-view. But yes, from a from a perspective of, like, your tag team, how do you take your fucking tag team title seriously at this point? Where all you have to do is, like, walk out to the ring, help somebody beat up the champions, all of a sudden you're the number one contenders. I don't understand how that fucking works. <laughs> Thanks, Paige. It's just, it... it it hurts my head to try to make fucking logic out of this shit, and it yeah. continues to remind me that they just consider us all to be fucking morons yeah. uh, and continue to insult our intelligence. Yeah. But as we talk about ways they've insulted our intelligence, that's going to bring us to our main event of the week, assuming Adam's internet will allow us to have this discussion. Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about among the recent call-ups, the NXT to WWE guys, not the guys returning from other promotions, who has been the most misused at this point? And there are a lot of fucking <laughs> candidates on this list. Uh -huh. uh, I think we can probably both safely agree that to this point, and sadly, probably the best used has been Ember Moon. She's been sort of around the top of the women's division on Raw since she got brought up. She She's was actually allowed to be week. in the Money in the Bank ladder match. <laughs> She's been on TV every week. She's been, you know, focused on a little bit. Um, and she's getting all these wins over her elders. So that's good, too. Mm -hmm. uh, but for your money, who do you have as the most misused since they've been called up? Oh, it's tough. It's uh, my uh, my brain immediately goes to the authors of pain 
Uh, I know you guys touched on it last mm-hmm. week. We we did see them this week in a squash match to say, hey, these guys are still here. But uh, bring them up, use them, what, I think twice? And then, like you, like you talked about before, put them on main event, then they disappear, then they come back to main event, and oh, hey, you guys can be on TV this week. Uh, sanity, call them up. Don't use them at all until last week when they attack the Usos, and then this week have them lose immediately in the six-man. Um I mean, we talked about the uh, iconics on the show. There's, it's yeah. To me, to me, the answer. Those are all compelling choices. To me, the answer is very easily Andrade Cien Almas, because sure. let's look at what this guy did. He went from a nothing afterthought at NXT mm-hmm. to being the heavyweight champion, credibly yeah. putting on what's arguably their the WWE at least match of the year with mm-hmm. Johnny Gargano. Carrying a, t- a title program with Aleister Black, who didn't basically talk for much of it, has one of the best valets slash talkers in the business right now, is Zelina Vega as his representative, and he can't get on TV. And, and why the fuck can he not get on TV, you might ask? Oh, that's because Sin Cara is injured. That's right, because this guy that we want to build up, the fucking program we have for him coming up is Sin Cara. Yeah, who nobody gives half a shit about. Why is he not the, answering the open challenge from Jeff Hardy? Sure. And taking the U.S. title? Sure. Why, 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 are we is, not, he, why yeah. is he not on the same brand as Drew McIntyre where they can continue, even even hint at continuing that feud? Well, McIntyre's a heel. I don't know that that would work anyway if they wanted, but they could do that down the road, I suppose. Um but but there are a million and one fucking feuds. You could even if Sin Cara is there, does that get this guy over at fucking all the squash squash Sin Cara? <laughs> is that how you make it? Like I remember when you used to have people Paige. Paige became a big fucking star. Why? Because on her debut, she, she beat an established title. superstar. Now winning the title notwithstanding, AJ was a huge star in the women's yeah. division at that time. Sure, sure. Paige got a pin over her. That that's how you build stars. You get these these people to come in and get stars or former stars or people on their way out, a la Kane, uh, to do jobs for these guys to make them look more credible. You don't pin them every week, i.e., the iconics, sanity, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and you certainly don't have the crowd fucking forget about them by leaving them off television regularly. Now, he yeah. was on in some backstage bullshit cell phone promo this week, but we all know the crowd didn't see him. It didn't fucking count. Uh, this, to me, is, is shaping up to be the biggest fucking waste. No way Jose has had more fucking TV time than Andrade Cien <laughs> since the call-ups. Yeah. You do that fucking math, because yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. And again, tell me, tell me what title No Way Jose is going to win at any point in the near future. Uh... I haven't. Uh, 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 um, yeah, I can't even like. Even if they brought back the hardcore title, I wouldn't fucking see. <laughs> I would see fucking Todd the, the cheeseburger winning that before I would see No Way Jose winning it. No, he'd get he'd get turned on by one of his conga line participants, and they would take the title from yeah, him. Exactly, twenty four seven bitches. Um, uh, now yeah, that's not it's... to say that the wrestler himself couldn't have it, but that gimmick. As long as that's his gimmick, he's he's just going nowhere. They need to completely revamp oh, yeah. him with something new. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, that is just it's just such a shitty way to end the perfect ten. 
uh, because <laughs> you, it was just such a you negative wrote topic. it. I did, and now in <laughs> retrospect, I, I didn't think it was going to be such a negative episode, but it is. And maybe I'm just in a bad mood because your internet's a piece of shit. It but <laughs> uh, that is going to bring us to the part where we tell you shows you can see us and other independent stars at with our indie dates section, and we are going to start. In Wisconsin, as the stars of Brew City Wrestling return to the Elks Lodge, 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 because I can speak English, in Waukesha, Wisconsin, on Friday, June 29th. The bell time is 7.30 p.m. Doors open at 6.45. Tickets are $20 reserved ringside or $16 in advance. Purchased via PayPal at BrewCityWrestling1, the number one, dot com, or $18 at the door. There's a lot of different price points. It's very it's confusing. A of, there's a lot of ors uh, there, yeah. Yes. Then stay at the Elks Lodge for the after party, because after the show, it's the after party, and I think <laughs> we all know that. Tickets go on sale <laughs> June 1st. Already signed for this great event, the Brew City Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship on the line in a triple threat match as the Tokyo Monster Kahagas take with Kevin Sullivan takes on High Octane, Onyx Andretti, and Max Holiday. The Brew City Wrestling Women's Championship on the line as Lena Diora defends her title against Blue Phoenix, Vanessa Azure. The Brew City Wrestling Tag Team Championships on the line as Hardcore Impact takes on the Axemen. Sean Priest takes on Tyler Sullivan with Kevin Sullivan. Apparently they're related. I was just going to say that. The Wanderer AC Riley versus Lose Her, because that's a thing. More Fandemonium matches announced soon. Go to Bruce City Wrestling, the number one dot com. Check them out on Instagram at Bruce City Wrestling, on Twitter at BCW1, or on Facebook at Bruce City Wrestling 1. And River City Championship Wrestling returns to be a part of Riverfest Lacrosse 2018. Join us on the North Stage Lawn in Riverside Park on July 7th. That's my birthday. Uh, for the I best, I should in- say join them because neither one of us is going to be true. there. That's true. Uh, for the best in live local professional wrestling action, admission to the show included with your Riverfest button. Already signed, the heavyweight champion natural Chris Black takes on Kyle Roberts. Also scheduled to appear, the city of lacrosse champion, uh, former rundown sit-down guest, the fabled one, Aesop Mitchell, A.C. Riley, Colin Brooks, Derek St. Holmes, Coda Hotby, uh, sorry, Coda Jacobs, and more. All right, and ICW returns on July 8th to the La Pica Lounge. I'm so glad I got to say that I was going to say that's why you took that one. <laughs> Otherwise known as the ICW Arena VIP doors with, I'm guessing that will be at 2.30 p.m. Doors for non-VIP will be at 3.30 at 4 p.m. bell time. They have a lot of different times and uh, dollar rates in, in Wisconsin. It's very confusing. If you want to know what goes on during that hour, you got to get those VIP, t- VIP yeah, exactly. tickets. Exactly. Uh, before the show is the after party. Uh, we open our doors for the appreciation for the great ICW fans. VIP ticket holders will be able to interact with the ICW roster like never before. Apparently they told you in the next line what happened in that hour. Ringside VIP, <laughs> ringside VIP strap is $25 limited to 16 tickets. It includes early entry, a strap, and being a lumberjack who can strap the wrestlers in the match. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. That is, I'm joking. That is a horrendous idea. I've been at shows. Never mind. Anyway, I, I could tell stories, but I'm not going to tell stories. Mm. Meet and greet plus a pizza Q&A. Great picks or get picks with the roster plus an exclusive VIP early match. We call that a dark match in the biz. What, what <laughs> questions are you going to ask the pizza, honestly? I, I think you meant the, they meant the roster. Oh. 
Ringside VIP is $20. It includes early entry, meet and greet, plus a pizza queue. I think we've already gone through all this. Second row VIP is $15. That gets you early entry, meet and greet. You don't get to, you don't get to beat up the wrestlers. Uh, ringside second row non-VIP, $15. Main event for this show, the Lumberjack Strap Match, where the fans beat the shit out of the wrestlers. <laughs> slash a Boards of Death Match, which is... Sounds exactly like the thing you want the fans running around. The hated one, Kato, <laughs> takes on Dysfunction. The ICW world title match, Ice Pick, Vic Capri versus the Greek franchise, GQ Giannis, who I guess is the champion, even though he's listed second. The ICW tag team titles on the line as Special Forces, Corporal Robinson and Blazing Benjamin takes on Shoots and Wanderers, AC Riley and Shooties Shooter, Scott Marciano with Jason Jay. <coughs> Sorry. Feud rages on as the fabled one Aesop Mitchell takes on the Midwest legend Derek St. Holmes. High class violence Pitstain and Rock King take on Bear Kingdom, Juan Hernandez and Oso Turco. Anything goes street fight Psycho Chase McCoy versus Peter B. Beautiful, which is a name I actually do like. Uh, straight Hatred Zach McGuire versus J- I'm sorry, and Jack Blackwell with Miss Hatred will be in action. The new ICW Midwest champion, the Marman, with Dana Adiva, have an intergender open challenge. Jacob Hoffman versus Hot Topic, Tyler Baggins, plus two to four more matches still to be signed, including the lawsuit that is sure to come from that main event where the fans will hit the wrestlers. Uh, Lucky Pro Wrestling returns to the Elks Hall in Clinton, Massachusetts on Saturday, August 11th with Summer Sizzle. Uh, there are no matches officially announced just yet, but Taylor Hendricks has been confirmed as appearing at the show. Plus, uh, so hot. Plus, Alicia Edwards won an impromptu number one contenders match at Star Clash 5 last weekend. Uh, will her title match take place on August 11th? Stay tuned. Doors open at 7, live wrestling at 7.30. Tickets for the event, $15 or a four-pack for 50 Tickets available online now at LuckyProWrestling.com or at the one-stop shop, 10 High Street Extension in Clinton, Mass. Or, of course, you can purchase them at the door. Uh, and while I was uh, last Saturday dealing with uh, baseball requirements with my son's team, uh, I was unable to attend Star Clash 5. I know you were working the show, Adam. I, I wanted to t- take a second to tip my hat to the new LPW heavyweight champion, uh, the selfie-made man, Vern Vicalo, and retrosexual Anthony Green. I heard they had a match that really tore the house down. They did. He is no longer selfie-made. He's no longer the selfie-made man. He is, the, he is self-made, Vern Vicalo. Well, you know. That's in that promotion, but yeah, that, that they had a they had a street fight that was basically five years in the making, and holy shit! Yeah, I heard it, it was. was I'm, I'm looking forward to finding a video of that somewhere it, and checking that out. It was something, yeah. And hats off to both guys. I mean, Anthony Green's complete transformation since he was on the sit down to this new character, just finding his absolute niche and really sort of taking off. Just really proud of that kid. Really good on him. And, and oh, yeah. I always saw Absolutely. star potential in him, and now seeing him realize it is really sort of cool to watch. Anyway. I don't know, I don't know if you know the website Quora, Q-U-O-R-A. Yes. It's, a, it's a Q&A website where folks you know, post questions and other people ask them. And somebody, I, I came across one of my answers from a couple of years ago where someone had asked something about getting into the – like how do you get into the wrestling business? And I had posted uh, you know, an answer about it about – you know, how I, you know, ended up as a ring announcer and whatnot. And I said, uh, you know, I mentioned the schools and whatnot. And I, I happened to mention AG in that, in that answer that I had written talking about how, you know, I had seen him start as, you know, this young kid who was just being a referee and now he's starting to wrestle and, and you know, big things are going to big, mark my word, big things are going to happen for this kid. And this was like, the date on this was like 2015. Like I wrote this like three or four years ago mm-hmm. and he is uh, just 
insane. He's in he's in P, the August issue of PWI for God's sakes. The, you oh, yeah. know, the one to watch. It's it's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, no, he's doing huge things. I had the same thing this this week. I came across an old video where I called a match between Brad Hollister and and Justin Tunis. Uh, yeah. Before he was even a sexy Jesus, so I called the closers uh, brawl before they were ever a tag team, and it was kind of cool to go back and watch. Uh, some of the cool, th- one of the cool things about being in this business is sort of getting to see these kids start uh, yeah. from the ground and then build. And and the talent pool in New England, we are. I say this all the time, and I'm sure you'll agree, we are incredibly blessed to be able to work oh with God. as many amazing talents as we get to work with on a regular basis. Uh, we're just highlighting those two because they had a match we wanted to talk about, but I could go on and on for another hour just highlighting great people, uh, great talents, and, and people to watch in New England, and maybe we'll do that as a Patreon bonus episode <laughs> somewhere down the line. The, uh, the, first time, the first time I saw TK Orion wrestle was mm-hmm. at a Liberty State show, and I was, I was sitting there, and I literally texted Todd, when are we putting the No Limits title on this guy? <laughs> I can do you one better with TK. The first time I saw TK wrestle was at the, I want to say it was the Boston Children's Hospital show in Tewksbury, Mass. for UFO Wrestling. Uh, And him and Flip Gordon went out the first time I had seen either one of them. Uh, and I was the ring announcer for the match, and I had the promoter in my ear going, what the fuck are they doing? Because they went way over time, uh, <laughs> but the crowd was so into it. And you could tell watching those guys that they were special right off the bat. Oh, my God, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, anyway. it's, it's really cool. And, and I, talk, I talk glowingly about Todd Hansen all the time on this sure. show, and, and every time I see him. Uh, on NXT, I just have a moment where it's like, holy shit. So, <laughs> the first uh, time, anyway, like the I first said, time we could... I saw that he was in the open, like the, the video opened to the show. I just, yeah. I, I just go, oh. Like I said, we could do this for, for days and days <laughs> on end. Uh, yes. But we're not going to do that. So, in any event, uh, that is going to do it for this edition, mercifully, of the rundown on Thursday, June right. 28th, 2018. It has been, uh, a second and a half since I realized I'm not going to say what Troy wrote on this sheet. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at Rundown Podcast or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rundown Wrestling. Email the show via Rundown Wrestling at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 617-863-6967. That is 61 Rundown 7. And to any other podcast that might be listening, I would like to point out, Troy has access to our email. So if you receive an email from Rundown Wrestling, <laughs> it's probably from Troy and mm-hmm. does not necessarily reflect the, the thoughts and opinions of everyone else in the Rundown family. We are now on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron. Currently, we have two reward levels. The Rundowner, which for $5 a month grants you one patron-only episode of The Rundown, if Adam ever gets around to recording it. And Rundown Mania, which for $10 a month grants you guest hosting spots on any of our Rundown shows. And all patrons, regardless of level, receive early access to shows on The Rundown feed. We want to encourage you to check out our friends, the Kingpin Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett on the wrestling podcast about nothing. Drop a new podcasts every Monday. That's facebook.com slash the WPAN or their flagship location, the WPAN.com. Also want to encourage you to check out our friend and former co-host Justin Michaels as his show, Yesterland Waltz, is available on Tough TV. Go to toughtv.com to stream it live. Stay tuned for the Rundown Wrestling Podcast to hear all of our shows, including NXT Revisited, the Rundown Sit-Downs, maybe uh wrestlemania salvation glow shtick and the nitro mania podcast and you can follow our hosts on twitter at j stewart 0920 for me that is j s t u a r t 0920 at rockstar troy shockingly enough for troy at salmation wrestlemania sal army for sal at the salzer erect for adam Close and, enough. Uh, 
Yeah, close enough. Uh, and at Johnny Analog, which is the only one we don't fuck with. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to... I guess thanks to Adam for co-hosting. I guess thanks to Adam for editing this shit. Uh, <laughs> I gotta buy and, an Ethernet cable. And we uh, we have a cool theme song that I did, but I'm not gonna thank myself about that, because that was like, way too egotistical. Thank you, Jason. It's a great song. Thank you very much. Uh, next week, uh, Troy put something else here I'm not gonna read. <laughs> So all I will say is we will see you next Thursday. Oh, Christ. Bye-bye. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was created and subsequently bequeathed to us following the untimely death of Adam Salzer. It is produced and typically edited by Jason Stewart. This episode was hosted by Jason Stewart and the aforementioned dead Adam Salzer and will be edited by the aforementioned dead Adam Salzer. Mm -hmm. We are a proud member ish of the questionable endeavor network check out all of their podcasts and shows on questandnetwork.com and tune in next week for an all-new episode of the rundown wrestling podcast we have a fight with our pussies